Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Unseen there. Gilchrist takes it down and Watson gives it on to Laidlaw. Flat pass is the decision to Barkley. Oh, and the pickup and Hugh Jones through again. And Hugh Jones now scuttling into the 22. Watson and Brown gets him, but it's Jones. What a score! Hugh Jones, who can stop him? He's done it again. Scotland have three tries. Hello and welcome to the Rock and Roll Six Nations podcast, episode five, The Empire Strikes Back, or is it Scotland? Um, uh, joining us, a man who eats opposition backs for breakfast and sausage rolls for pudding. His rugby knowledge is strong, but he still thinks fullbacks can be captain. So, Johnny McGinty, welcome to the show again. Evening, chaps, how are we doing? All good, mate, you? Yeah, very good, very good. Excited for talking about Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> Never been said before. <laughs> so, I'm sure you've had a little bit of insight by now, but uh, we'll run through a few quick questions. We'll do um, alternately. Ryan will ask you the serious ones, and I'll ask you the ones that are slightly less serious. And then we'll end on a nice quick, quick fire round to see where you go. And hopefully, my voice will last to the end because every day is getting more and more shaky. Let's fire away then. We're, um, we'll start off with, obviously, the uh, the squad being announced, Johnny. Um, was there anyone in the squad that obviously surprised you or anyone that you thought should have been in there that wasn't picked? Uh, yeah, I mean, the big surprise, obviously, is the, the guy who we're affectionately calling, who the fuck is you and Ashman? Um, <laughs> that, that was interesting to see him. But no, to be fair, he, he played for the under-20s in the 2019 World Championship, but he was the tournament's top scorer. So mm-hmm. uh, for a hooker, he knows his way to the try line. Um, that's obviously hooker's a bit of an issue for us with Rambo and, and Fraser Brown both being out. But to be honest, I'd have dropped Fraser Brown anyway the, the moment I saw that he listens to Mumford and Sons for his pre-game warm-up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, warm-up? 
Yeah, yeah. Did you not see that? Glasgow did like a who do you listen to in the warm-ups and Fraser Brown said Mumford and Sons, which is I mean, a, bit, a bit disappointing. Listen to Mumford and Sons is bad enough on its own, but to psych yourself for your warm-up. Well. I know. Yeah, there's so good. There were some fairly disappointing ones. Hugh Jones listens to Disney soundtracks. Obviously, if he's going to listen to Disney soundtracks, I'd recommend Punk Rock Factory. <laughs> Obviously, that's pretty much all I've listened to since you recommended it to me. Actually, it's great. The only one that I was like quite happy with was Zandbags, who said um, DMX. Like precisely ze- zero surprise that he listens to a song that's mostly just barking at people for his warm up. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. No, I, um, I must admit I haven't seen much of Ashman in the in the prem this year because watching him would involve watching Sale, which is not something I'm really prepared to do. But he, um, his under twenties career has been really good, so. There's four hookers in the squad, and not a lot of them have got a lot of international experience, but we'll see what happens. Um, the other night, guy who's nice to see in the squad is Cam Redpath, because anything that's given a finger up to Eddie's always entertaining to watch. Um, <laughs> of people who have been left out, actually kind of come, comes out from Redpath being in the squad is Rory Hutchinson, I think, should have been in, but yeah, um, that's a weird one. The one who I think is really weird is that there's no Sam Skinner. Uh, who's been absolutely ripping it up for Exeter and can cover basically every position from four through to eight off the bench. And I, that's just something I don't think that we've we've got. I don't see anybody, any of the, the back or back five forwards that are that versatile. And he is a massive unit as well. So we'll see. I, th- I feel like we might miss that versatility, but we'll, we'll wait and see. I think that's the only one who could offer it is Blade Thompson yeah. starting to look like he's he's I like him. Well yeah. in a in a shit Scarlet squad as well at the minute. Yeah, no, he, he looks really good. Um Gary Graham, I think, is a bit of a terrier. He should be interested. Yeah. Um and Mark Fagerson's carrying's been really, really good, but they're all sort of almost exclusively back row players, whereas Skinner could play second row as well. So I'd have thought that he'd been handy to have on the bench, but apparently not. So with that in mind and players that you could have had on the bench, is there any player you'd swap out? Who are you going to swap in instead? Uh, yeah, give, give me Jamie George and I'll drop Dave Cherry. Um, <laughs> like, it's, like I said, you know, hooker's the one area where I think we're a, bit, we're a bit light. Jamie's probably the best hooker in the tournament and it comes down to the two, two new guys and uh, Dave Cherry's the Karen Shagger, so he can go. <laughs> I and wonder how long I think we had an anti-Edinburgh <laughs> um, Just before, just want to pick one, up, one thing up but the, um, as part of the squad, Johnny, going back to the first question, um, Hugh Jones obviously is in there, as mm-hmm. would you say better at a 13 or fullback? Because I know he's been playing fullback a little bit for, for Glasgow this year Yeah, I think he's probably still better as a 13 for Scotland um, I think probably the reason he's been playing fullback at Glasgow is to get a bit of, a bit of versatility as as cover really um, he has been brilliant from fullback but I think 13 is probably still his natural position all the rumours about him going away to London Irish or beyond the last couple of weeks were that he wants to be playing 13 so it's obviously where he wants to play it's where he's been successful for Scotland before but he's obviously added that bit of fullback in just in case we need him to cover other positions so. You would have thought any, uh, any time at fullback for Scotland is going to be limited as well yeah, there's there's Blair Kinghorn as well, who's the obvious second choice behind Hoggy. So, yeah, because there's, there's a bloke there that just hogs that position, doesn't he? So, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were talking obviously players. Then, um, in regards to the Scotland squad, um, who would you say would be the standout for you this year? Um, 
It's going to surprise you. I'll give you, I'll give you three forwards. Mm-hmm. Um, George that's, Turner that's would be the first one. I see. George Turner, I think, is the one who's most likely to make the big step up. He's he's probably going to be the starting hooker. Um, he is really, really dynamic, especially compared to to somebody like Fraser Brown. His his only downside is that he's, he's partial to a bit of a moment of madness, um, which he really needs to get under control. He got he got binned in the last eighteen seventy two game because he basically flipped Grant Gilchrist on his head when he was blocking a a box <laughs> kick, which is. It was it was just like completely unnecessary. Grant Gilchrist owns sausage dogs, though, so if you don't want to get treated like a bitch, get a proper dog. It's, that's basically <laughs> that needs to be on a t-shirt. <laughs> I know. I would. Uh, he he's the one who's most likely to be having regular starts for the through the tournament, and it's obviously not through choice. It's through in, the injury to the other two guys. But he's a he's a decent player. I'll be interested to see him step up. Um. Matt Fagerson is another one who he carries the ball like we haven't really seen a number eight carry in probably four or five years. So I'd like to see him get a decent chance. He's obviously been rotated in and out the last couple of tournaments with him and Nick Haining and Blade Thompson's played a bit in number eight as well. But in the Autumn Cup, Fagerson's carrying was phenomenal. I thought that was one of the big differences in, in Scotland's game. So I'd like to see him get a, a decent chance and do a bit more of it. And then the other thing that Scotland haven't had for a while that I'll be I'll be pleased to see coming off the bench is uh, not so slim shady himself, Ollie Kebble. Um <laughs> Scotland's Scotland's front row replacements have been a problem for ages. Like there's there's always been a sort of marked step down when the replacements start to come on. I think Kebble's probably not far off as good as the starters at prop. And we have got a decent amount of choices now, obviously. I'd reckon Sandbags and Rory Sutherland are probably going to start. But then we've got Kebble, we've got Jamie Batty, and we've got Simon Bergen, we've got Alan Dell, the best-looking player in the world. So we've we've got a couple of, of quite decent front-row choices, and I think Kebble's probably the best of them. You'll see when he comes on. Again, his carry, and especially coming off the back of rucks and stuff, is ridiculous he's a big old lump to try and bring down so I'm interested to see him come on I think it'll be he'll be good but he'll be more of a bench player and, and I think uh, George Turner probably is going to be the the main one we'll be looking at for them kind of carrying the weight as a starter in every game so. okay plumbing the depth of your knowledge who's got the shit to stake it <laughs> do you know I was saying to Ryan just before you came in this it's a difficult one and I've had to like kind of flip through the squad our haircuts aren't bad at the moment I feel blasphemous saying this is probably the mesh. Oh, oh yeah. It's yeah, it's not it's not a great yeah. No, it's not a great style all around, to be honest, but you can't really say bad things about mesh, can you? Uh, not to his face. <laughs> well, yeah, that's fair. But, uh, <laughs> I don't think he listens, so you'll be fine. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, actually, I did spot somebody else. Give me two seconds, because there's someone else who I, I saw, and I was like, oh, wait, he's got quite shit here as well. I don't think you can count Hog because it's not as real hair. No, yeah, no, that's probably not very fair. Oh, Byron McGuigan, the Vikings extra. Oh, yes. <laughs> His is fairly interesting as well. I think the miss, the miss is the show, though. Yeah, I reckon so. Yeah. It's pretty brutal. It's like, it's like virgin on Exeter standards. It's almost there, isn't it? Mm. You could transfer him and Steph Evans into that team and no one would blink an eye. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, what do you make of your chances as a whole in 
three wins is kind of the standard for Scotland in it. That's that's pretty much what we're always looking at. This year, I think that that the route there's a couple of routes to that three wins, and a couple of them lead to four wins. So I'd be happy with four. I'm expecting three. I'd be pretty disappointed if if we end up with two. But like I say, I mean, there's a couple of ways we can get to the four. So the Ireland game and the England game are probably the ones where we're like, we're going to win one of those to get three, and we could realistically win them both and end up with four. So. And then Italy and France, yeah? <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Caught ourselves in the middle of a pandemic. Which Six Nations player would you at least like to lock down with? Do you know, I realised that I've totally arsed this up because I, I was. this is the other one I was thinking about when I heard all the other pods and I was like, well, it's Fraser Brown, obviously, in case I accidentally hear Mumford and Sons. But I've just realised <laughs> that, that he's not in a squad, so I probably can't see him. Um, I'm going to have to just go off the top of my head now and think, oh, Billy Vinopoulos in the England squad, isn't he? Yes. Yeah, yes. him. That's absolutely hands down. <laughs> Just no question like about it. Like it is he follows Instagram. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm having absolutely nothing to do with that. <laughs> so sim- simply Billy. Nothing else. Yeah. Simply nice and easy. Yeah. <laughs> Until he calms down on the likes, he can sling his hook. <laughs> um. So sell it to us, Johnny. Sell it to us why Scotland are going to win the uh, Six Nations this year. All right. Let me just kind of paint it for you. If you're a casual rugby fan and you watch Owen Farrell nervous twitch his way to six penalties a game so England win the most boring tournament ever, nobody wants to see that. If you're a more in-depth rugby fan, do you want to watch Johnny Sexface roll about and cry to the referee till Ireland limp their way to the most embarrassing tournament whenever? No, you don't. What you want to see is the single best attacker in the Pro 14, bar absolutely none, which is obviously, don't mess with the Duhan van der Merwe, you want to see him in the most exciting back three in the tournament with the Prince of Hoyk, Darcy Graham, and Stuart Hogg in his 90s boy band here. You want to see 50-50 Finn Russell back in the squad, pulling the strings from number 10, where it's full cats in a rave rugby, anything could happen. And if Scotland win the tournament, it will be because it's the most exciting rugby that's being played. And that's what we all really want to see in it. It's a, yeah, a fantastic pitch. And I particularly like the way you completely painted over France. If Entomac was fit, then France would be quite exciting. I mean, carbon I'm waiting in the room. However, you almost had me convinced until uh, until the, the French light bulb above my head. <laughs> yeah, did you not notice he only, no, he only actually mentioned two other countries? Wales yeah. wasn't either. <laughs> well, I was going, other, going through other countries that I thought might win. So. Oh, yeah. Well, Scotland wasn't mentioned. I was uh, I was going to say there is one other country that you could talk about. Italy looked quite exciting. Yeah, they do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> grand, grand Slam Italy. To be fair, I want to see that just to see what Reese's plans are for uh, for Reese's retirement. <laughs> well, she's already got him down as starting a fullback, kicking the winning drop goal. Yeah. yeah. So if I that's not, that. if that's not the end game, Reese <laughs> knows where we're going. Uh, so it's the big one: Inverdale, Woodward, Jiffy, <sighs> Shag, Mary, yeah. Kill. Right, so I have been thinking about this as well. I'm killing Woodward. That's like that's 
a given. So we'll, we'll cross that off first of all, straight straight off the bat. Um, I have this this thing in the back of my head that John Inverdale used to live in Brechin, which won't mean anything to pretty much everybody, but it's this little town in Angus where my mum's yeah. from, where I used to live when I was little, and I'd genuinely rather live in Mosul than live there again. So <laughs> I don't actually think I could marry him. I'm probably going to have to shag Inverdale and marry Jiffy. Be, I'd proper, I'd proper hate fucking for deal. Like you, I'd make sure you didn't enjoy it. But um, yeah, kill Woodward, shag in for deal, marry Jiffy, and I'm marrying Jiffy by default. I want that noted. I, I do like that you used the phrase that another guest was Noel's to use <laughs> with hate fucking in for deal. <laughs> Somebody else mentioned that after we stopped recording. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, Johnny, in regards to the, the tournament as a whole, give us your rundown one to six of how you think it's going to finish. All right, I've, I've wrote it down. And I've written down how many wins I think everyone's going to get and everything. Um, so, so over the weekend... Is, you've, you've prepared for a pod probably more than what me and Steph have. <laughs> <laughs> over the weekend, I was speaking to some of our pals when I, when I was sharing around and stuff that I was going to be on the pod. And one of them said, just don't say anything too ridiculous about Scotland. But somehow here we are. All right. Number well, you, one. You've just hit them for a Grand Slam. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I've, I've given France a Grand Slam. France top Grand Slam. Scotland second, four wins for Scotland. England third on three wins. Wales on four wins in fourth. Ireland beating Italy for fifth and then Italy at the bottom. Oof. I think by the end of this weekend, that'll either look like genius or it'll look like total nonsense. <laughs> I think the rule went out. I had um, I had Ireland and Wales the other way around until the, the news about Caelan Doris came out today and now I think Wales are going to beat them. Well, I, I did say I think that'll set the tone for our Rule Six Nations. Like what happens against Ireland in its first game could set the old tournament for Wales. Yeah, but well, I think it's the same for us. I think we've probably never had a better chance to win at Twickenham. Mm. They haven't got any props. They're missing Launchbury. They're missing Underhill. They won't have any fans. We were we were close last year, and last year we didn't have Finn Russell or Duhan, and this year we do, and they're missing most of their pack. So I don't think we've had a better chance to beat them in a long time, and if we beat them, then we're rolling. It's bittersweet to do it without any of their fans there, though, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'd rather that they all had to watch it, but I'll take it either <laughs> way. Like. I'll just I'll be happy in the knowledge that they're all watching at home. I'm sure there's plenty of Welsh fans who will happily take fourth place at the minute as well, but uh, yeah. and I'm wins, still being stupidly yeah. optimistic. As four, win, four wins and finishing fifth. I'd even take that if I had to. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying try to go through the maths of that in my head and try to work out where everybody else finishes. In. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Rachel Riley's worried about her job. <laughs> I don't know. Like, at the end of this weekend, if we've beaten England and Wales have beaten Ireland, then my then my table looks genius, but if either of those things haven't happened, then it might as well be upside down. Well, I, I it is one of the I did say it of last year, and then it was a bit predictable, except for who asked decided he wants yeah. to knock out the Scotsman for no reason. Uh, if you're punching Jamie Ritchie, it's not for no reason. Uh, that is true. That is true. <laughs> but yeah, it looked like it was going to go that way. I, I was like, oh, anything can happen in this tournament. And at the end of the tournament, I was all a bit predictable, to be honest. Yeah. And then the Autumn Nations was predictable, but in the most boring way possible. 
But yeah. I do think this one's going to be a difficult one to call because it depends on whether some teams can pick their game up a little bit and whether some teams can carry on their form. So it'll be... Yeah. I think I think if we beat England, then they'll go on and beat everybody else except France. Because I don't think they'll accept that. I, th- I think our best chance is to shock them because it's this very start of the tournament and they're missing so many players. See so if we can pull one over. You're the one team as well. I couldn't really pinpoint where you are. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, England and France, they're... They, doing well, they're looking good, they're looking like they need to be knocked off their pitch. Italy and Italy. Wales and Ireland are not performing anywhere near their best, and we know that. Whereas with Scotland, I can't quite get a handle on exactly where you are. Yeah. Because... we. I reckon we could we could win four as easily as we could win two, I think. I think you could win four as easy as you could win one or none. If I'm completely oh, we're definitely going to beat you, and we're definitely going to beat Italy. So. <laughs> it's just, it would be incredibly Scottish to do as it well was. as you did in the autumn, and then completely bomb yep. from February to March. This is what happens because we all start we all start to like catch a dose of the hope. It always yeah. happens. Yeah, because we after like 2019 after World Cup, we were like, well, we can't have a shit show like that again, and then everybody everybody got their hopes up, and then. Finn Russell cracked his third tinny, and that was it. It was all, it was all over. <laughs> I, well, you already, you know, you outthought us by getting a game cancelled in March, so we hang over till the autumn, knowing full well that you you better exactly. Know, it's like we did it all on purpose. <laughs> so we'll do our uh, our quick fire. So it's either rows. I'll give you two options, and you just pick your favourite. So BBC or ITV? BBC. Scottsdale or Murrayfield? Scottsdale. Oof. Tom Evans or Max Evans? Uh, it's got to be Tom, did it? I've seen too much of Max. Frankie Boyle or Kevin Bridges? Frankie Boyle. Richie Gray or Johnny Gray? Uh, Richie's the one that plays for Glasgow just now, isn't he? So I love Richie. Tenex Tea Cake or Tenex Caramel Wafer? Tea Cake. Uh, Scott Steele or Iron Brew? Iron Brew. And Proclaimers or Travis? Proclaimers, every day of the week, twice on uh, Sundays. Yeah, I'm glad you picked that, especially after you the month of the run. If you got Travis, the whole thing would have gone out the window. <laughs> so I think all that's left to say is a, a massive thank you to Johnny for coming on. Thanks it's for been... having me, as always. Enjoyed Absolutely. it. Absolutely. What was that? So I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Uh, we've enjoyed it as well. It's always great having you on. And despite what Michelle says, we always love that laugh as well. <laughs> I'll tell her you said that. <laughs> She's on next week's pod, isn't she? <laughs> She's talking about Greg Laidlaw, she? <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you very much for your time, Johnny. Thank you very much, guys. Always, and we'll uh, catch up with you soon. Speak to you soon. Cheers, Cheers guys. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Rock and Roll in association with health and adversity. Tackling mental health together sports social podcast network